You're listening to Doncast, an Australian podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name's Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, another week uh, without a coach. But interestingly, uh, we do know that we interviewed four coaches or four potential coaches mm-hmm. on, uh, I think it was uh, Wednesday of last week. And now um, there's another two coaches somewhat in the background that may be called upon uh, to go through a later stage of the process. Uh, what did you think of the names mentioned? Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I guess uh, there's a few uh, yeah, things to pick up there where interviews were apparently conducted over two days, so the Wednesday and then the Thursday, um, I believe, and there was four, um, you know, uh, essentially listed by... Uh, Lewis, um, to uh, who got interviewed on that Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, Dean Solomon, Brennan Laid, uh, you had uh, Uze, Adam Uze, rather, and uh, the one and only James Hurd um, mm. on that day. Now, who got interviewed on the second day? Yeah, I guess we can only speculate. Um, yeah, Brad Scott, Don Pike, potentially. Um, yeah, maybe others, who knows? Um, but they're the, I suppose, the names being floated around. Um, and it's interesting because obviously, yeah, we know, I suppose, little apart from what you hear in the media. And, um, you know, we as Essendon supporters should be uh, more than others aware of what the media want to tell us and the you know, things that, um, things that they don't. But I mean, sounds like Adam Uze is the favorite. He's you know, apparently widely respected, obviously a um, you know, product of Clarkson, if I'm not mistaken, mate, uh, been at some very successful clubs, obviously Melbourne currently, um, you know, previously with Hawthorne. Um, and I can't remember if, he, if he's been to other clubs, but um, his, his uh, you know, CV looks fairly strong. Uh, Dean Solomon, obviously, you know, spent a bit of time up in the Gold Coast in that development role. Sounds like he's quite well-respected there. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sort of yeah, <laughs> talking about vibes, Jay, but I'm not really getting the vibes that he's ready for a senior coaching gig currently, but, you know, happy to be corrected. He obviously uh, you know, was assistant coach also at GWS and like an unpaid role um, at that, you know, just helping out a mate essentially in uh, Mark McVay, which is a uh, pretty outstanding stuff from Solly there. Um, you know, and Laid, you know, I'd, don't know much about him, mate. Um, yeah, like in terms of his coaching, um, yeah. What what can you speak to about uh, yeah, Brendan Laid? Your knowledge there? Yeah, well, he's uh, he's actually funny when he is at the club that he's been coaching, but at St Kilda, and uh, I think Richmond was another one. Um, it's when they haven't had the success. Mm. So, um, but they usually get it after he leaves. So. Um, yeah, he's supposed to be, you know, well-spoken and you know, a good uh, tactical coach. Um, but I've got to say with him, mate, I don't get the vibe. I don't want to get another Ben Rutten, if you know what I mean. So mm. um, we talked about charisma a coach has to have. Yep. Um, and I think it's fair to say Ben Rutten didn't have that. Mm. Um, so... I don't think our players are going to gel to another person similar to that. So, um, and it's my, one of my gripes on um, 
Adam Uze, even though he's the most favoured, I do wonder about that charisma side of him. Mm. Um, he's softly spoken. Um, you know, he does have a little bit of a reputation of standing for what he believes in, which is good. Um, you want coaches to have that, but they need to be able to articulate and grab the attention of their players as well. So mm. that's one of the things. Um, you know, Dean Solomon, I'm a bit in the line of you, mate. I, I didn't really see him as a potential senior coach at this stage. You know, got to remember uh, he's managing a gym at one stage and, um, you know, in between the Gold Coast break and then mm. helped out Spike with Hurdy. Um, so, and as you say, unpaid at that. Um, so he was a bit of a left field choice for the actual senior role. And I wondered somewhat, was it a dual presentation between Heard and Solomon, because mm. I could see them two working together again. Um, yeah. And I'm sure they've had conversations throughout the year um, of what they'd like to do, um, you know, or potentially like to do if they were to gain control. Because Dean Solomon's been floated to be working at Essendon next year for some time, well before yeah. this interview. So somewhat wonder, you know, are they supporting one another, if you know what I mean? So. Mm. Um, and, yeah, you know, I certainly, because they're such uh, or so well aligned, I couldn't see them. It's a bit like how Heard said he, well, that's mentioned that he didn't apply for the GWS job because mm. he knew how much Spike wanted it or Mark McVeigh wanted it. Yep. So um, he didn't want to go against the friend. And I, I think that kind of um, alignment would probably be with Solomon heard as well. So, yeah, I do wonder if that was maybe talking to uh, supporting one another um, in the dual presentation or, you know, a separate presentation, but maybe saying if I was not to be winning the role, um, I'd like to still be able to help the club and, you know, be a part of the coaching group. Mm. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, they're the four coaches that we spoke to. Um, uh, mate, I haven't hidden. I'd love James Heard back at the club, but, you know, there's countless of uh, Essence supporters that would be very upset if it happens. Um, yeah. So and I kind of get it from both angles. Um, I have so much faith in James Heard that, um, and I just want to see him have a, an opportunity to coach without all the background noise. And, I know that will still come from the media, but, I mean, there's no real effect of that in that it's not going to start again, if you know what I mean. Like mm. the processes of the club are you know, far and beyond what they were. Um, so, you know, they can talk about historical, but that will go in time. You know, like, mm. uh, it'll, be, it'll be the party flavour of the week yeah. when it starts there. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, his whole tenure, if you know what I mean, especially particularly if he gets us on the right track. But, um, yeah, I, I think, look, uh, they're the four. And then, obviously, in the background, we heard Don Pike um, basically say that he was not going to pursue the Essendon job. And that sounds great in a statement like that. But he added the particular last couple of words which kind of clouded that when he said, at this stage. Mm. So I read that and I thought maybe that means he doesn't want to be distracted this week with the grand final. Um, so he's not going to be a part of this process for this whole week. 
Um, and if he still is interested, there may be an opportunity for him to uh, go for that in, from next week after the grand final. Yeah, and I guess that goes into the uh, narrative that apparently there's been news that the clubs, uh, I suppose, pushed out the decision point of when they will appoint a coach um, to at least the week after the grand final. Um, so that potentially goes goes into that, you know, whether we are looking at a um, you know, Pike or, or even Scott for that matter, um, or or another experienced coach, um, you know, I guess who knows there. Um, so I guess that'll be all to be seen. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm with you, James. I, I wouldn't fully rule him out just yet. Um, I think there's a lot to play out over the next few weeks. Um, but it's it's sort of exciting that, um, you know, we are doing a proper process. We're not just, um, you know, going knee-jerk and all oh, the media saying this, we better quickly appoint a coach just for the sake of having one. Um, because... Uh, I think that's the problem we've always had is we've just you know, appointed people off a, off a whim or a gut feel um, and it hasn't turned out great for us, unfortunately. So following a proper process is good news uh, for me, um, yeah, good news for the club, I reckon. Uh, so that's great to see. Another name that's been raised is potentially joining as a, um, I suppose, uh, as part of a team or a, a setup. Of assistant coaches, um, this term, this time in terms of a development coach, is uh, Brennan McCartney, Jane. Um, mm. That name's been raised as potentially coming back to the club in that development role. Um, yeah, that's that's an area he's apparently quite good with, um, yeah, developing young players, and that's a an area of serious need for the SM Football Club. Um, because I mean, you know, everyone hears about you know Dodoro. He's had this list for twenty years, and um, hasn't won a final with it effectively. Um, but uh, you know, I think if you if you look at how our playing list, like we have picked some really talented players over the years, we just haven't uh, developed them well enough. And then the other side of it is actually coaching a game plan that works for those players. But I think that development side of things has certainly been sorely lacking. Um, so if he is coming to the club, or yeah, there's someone in that mould. Uh, coming to help out the development side of things, I reckon that'd be an absolute boon for us. Oh, definitely it would be. And, um, you know, Brendan, uh, you know, he was a senior coach in his own right when he took over the Bulldogs mm. and uh, was doing quite well there, but apparently there's a big split between the player and coach and ultimately, you know, once you lose the support of the players, he was gone, but he was very good at developing Players has had roles there at Geelong as well, so we know how well their talent was. Um, so I think, look, um, that would be a plus. And like, having said that, Lee Tudor has been at the club, and he's supposed to be very well renowned at that as well. So you do wonder, um, you know, is it development issues or is it the players we drafted not having a good understanding? You know what they're supposed to work on, um, and and just final, mate, the other name obviously we haven't spoken about yet is uh, uh, sorry Brad Scott, um, who's you know, got that job at the AFL, um, and obviously he doesn't want to jeopardise that without um, having a permanent job to go into, mm -hmm. so he would not you know, commit publicly to that job until it was an offer. Yep. So. I'm sure he's doing work in the background, but um, if he does want to 
get it here, they'll have to, you know, be applying through second stages of this process. Mm-hmm. And then if they decide, the club decides to make him an offer, I think that's the only time he'll publicly come out and say he'll be coached. So that's why I think there's a hesitancy to say I'm pursuing that job. And um, Yeah, so there's basically six names out there, mate. And, you know, we don't think uh, there's a seventh name. Like, you know, someone said, you know, Essendon's waiting for Ken Hinkley. Um, you know, they're going to make an approach to Ken Hinkley. Um, I can't see that happening at this stage. And, yeah, so uh, there's a fair chance one of those six by, uh, six coaches we just mentioned will be the next coach of the Essendon Bombers. Yeah, I guess we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and find out, mate. But, um, yeah, certainly interesting times ahead. Yeah. Now, I was very excited when... Um, Know, James Heard did interview for the role because mm. um, we weren't sure was he going to put his hand up and like very very excited that uh, you know he put his hand up and was in a well enough space knowing what attention he would cop mm. by putting his hand up um, to go for the job that he must have had the family support which he spoke of was important to him on that Howie podcast. Yeah. Um, so he obviously had that and was prepared for the public grilling. And let's face it, uh, some of these people in the media just got no conscience, mate. Of, yeah. Um, the way they attack. But um, yeah. Um, yeah. I've just got a, a text from one of our friends, mate. Um, yeah, he reckons he's spoken to Mark Harvey, and yeah, he's confident it's going to happen. So. Um, I don't know how good his sources are, mate. But um, if he if he's saying that, I'm going to publicly put him out there as saying that. Oh, <laughs> so mate. enjoy. I get him out to dry the poor bastard. Um, <laughs> the, or, or halves too dropping him in. But um, yeah. oh, who knows? Like everything's you know rumor mill and all mm. the rest of it until anything happens. Um, so I guess you know us uh, footy nerds will. Um, uh, hanging out for the news, and I guess we'll see what happens. But um, yeah. Uh, apart from that, you know, the, the coaching side of things. Um, yeah, news has been fairly sparse. We saw that um, uh, Dyson Heppel has signed up for another year. Uh, well, I speculated that. Um, he said on the Brownlow telecast, but when asked, uh, when asked by uh, Brown Tom Brown, sorry, um, you know where his contract was at. Mm. We'll get something done, done with the Bombers, you know. So he basically said that, but it's obviously not official because we haven't got our members' first email, mate. So, <laughs> 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 uh, but, um, yeah, but all things likely to. And I guess the big talk around that was that the Gold Coast had cooled on that initial offer, mould about, you know, mm four-year deal, two years playing and two years coaching. Yeah. He dissipated, I guess. Um, mm. So, yeah, that, that's another news, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, I guess yeah, we had the Brownlow last night. Um, obviously, uh, didn't have a winner. Um, but, uh, yeah, Zach Merritt, again, polled fairly highly, uh, yeah, getting in the top 10 of the yeah, Brownlow. Yeah, 17 votes. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of those votes 
you know, particularly came in the back half of the year. Um, mm. You know, he sort of polled three, two, three, 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 um, mm. you know, for a, um, you know, a bunch of those games there, which just shows how important he can be to us when he is up and about. Um, so well done to Zach Merritt. Um, however, on the other side of Zach Merritt, um, yeah, we we did hear, um, yeah, that he's, uh, yeah, made comments that are at this sort of luncheon, um, and you don't know the context of it. You just hear bits and pieces. Um, yeah, obviously, people make things out of out of everything, but that he yeah, was reported to say that he didn't think uh, James Herb would get through the process. Um, and potentially may not have wanted him there. Um, yeah, that was since yeah, semi-corrected, um, where it was yeah, said that Zach Merritt had sent her a text message to say, oh, no, I was out of context. You know, I'd be excited for you to, to come to the club if that was the case. Um, in any case, Jam, um, comments either way, I like, do concern me. Um and I guess that that comes from you know if you are supposed to be a future leader of the Essendon Football Club, and you know you're making broad comments about you know, a process going on at the club about who the future future coach um, should be, um, you know you, you know, making comments either way like oh, I prefer this guy or I prefer that guy, um, doesn't to me sound like the you know, the club as a whole is. Um, yeah, you know, is going in the one direction and saying, no, nah, you know, whatever the process is, um, you know, we'll be happy with whoever comes in. Um, so it's almost, um, I suppose, sparking factions before a coach <clears throat> um, is is named um, for mine. And I guess, you know, thinking about that, he is still a young man. Um, what is he, 25, 26, Jam, um, um, mm-hmm. Zach Merritt. So, yeah. Um, I understand, you know, he's just making comments off what he believes, and you fully get that. But as a leader, you have a responsibility to, I guess, um, you know, toe the line a bit more in terms of the club. Um, so, yeah, what did you make of those comments, Joe? Yeah, I guess when you go to these functions, you're expected to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to remember, this comment was made over a week ago, mate. No. Yeah. People jumped on it after the fact. Mm. So they kind of, again, like I guess with that Nick Hind incident with Ben Rutten, even though that happened a couple of weeks earlier, they try and bring it to make it relevant this week. Mm. Um, so I think there's a bit of hearsay there. Also, the quotes, if you looked at them, mate, they were uh, not attributed to anyone. So they were kind of loosey-goosey quotes, um, if you know what I mean. So yeah. it wasn't... Um, Thing. And I guess like Zach Merritt, I guess he's being paid a cashy to attend these things. He has to speak. But, um, yeah, I agree with you, mate. Like, let's face it, he's probably going to be our captain next year. Um, he shouldn't be making comments on the coaching process because, you know, one, the club's already got a poor image um, and, you know, culturally the playing list isn't respected elsewhere. And if you then have the appearance that, you're judging who's going for the job as a player. You know, I don't think that sounds right to me. Um, and let's face it, none of our players are good enough to actually command that kind of intake to who we're going to appoint. 
because they're playing records, mate. Like it or not, you know, being a collective game and team game, um, they just don't have the results on the board to command that kind of state, if you know what I mean. Mm. So they have to, um, they have to just uh, put their trust in the club, and you know, I think Zach's got about five or six years to go on his contract. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's one he can get out of, and uh, I'm glad that he followed up with Hurdy and, you know, basically just clarified what was quoted to him. Hmm. So that was one good thing out of it. But yeah, I think that was a, um, a good lesson for him maybe under this kind of scrutiny that the media is putting on us. Hmm. Um, don't add to it because you know, it just doesn't have a good image, the players having a say on who's going to be appointed coach. Yep. Hmm. Because uh, ultimately they'll be answerable to the coach, not the coach answerable to the players. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, and I think where you and I are in alignment, mate, we, we want a coach that's going to, you know, be much more commanding and, um, you know, hold people to account. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that's why I can see, like, I know Hurdy would do that. I know... Um, Probably Chris Scott will do that. Yep. And, you know, from all reports, Don Pike. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not so sure about Uze Laid and Solomon. Um, even though Dean Solomon was a fearless player, made him really <laughs> took no passages. I haven't heard him, um, I guess, that coaching level have that kind of um, communication, if you know what I mean. So, yep. um, yeah, so... Yeah, I think it's a real wait and see. And um, at the moment, mate, as we talk, uh, the betting has been suspended. So um, I'm not sure what that actually means. So um, is it just a, yeah, the market's refreshing on the back of that? But, yeah, you can't place a bet um, at the moment. So, yeah, who's to say what that means? But, um, yeah, let's... Um, Let's, uh, I guess, talk about other things at the footy. And uh, let's talk about the female version, the AFLW. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, you know, our, our ladies team went down in another close game. Like, you know, we won two games pretty convincingly. And our two losses have been by one point. And then yesterday, two points to Richmond. Yeah. Uh, just proving that we just cannot beat Richmond. Um, in, <laughs> in any... Competition because even in the men's, um, both in the seniors and also the developing, um, uh, wheelchair grand final, mate. We played mm. Richmond in both of those, yeah, and we lost both to Richmond. So, um, yeah, so Richmond are our nemesis, and um, yeah, it seems like we still can't, um, can't get over them at the moment, but um, yeah, in that game against the, the ladies, um, you know. Another really wet and miserable day, wasn't it? Um, mm. And, you know, we saw um, Conti for Richmond just you know, look like an absolute star. Yep. Um, and our star, uh, Maddie Prasparkas, uh, was pretty well held. Um, yep. It was a tough day for her. She didn't stop trying, mind you, but um, just didn't have the same influence that she'd had in the first three games. Mm. And, um, yeah, Richmond, a bit too good for us. They certainly were, mate. Um, yeah, just a, a few more class users, and I guess the 
the thing I, that really stood out to me, James, was more marking targets Richmond had. Like people who have that poise to stand out of the footy. Um, you know, Richmond seemed to have those in spades. Um, yeah, obviously you got um, Conti there, but also, um, you know, the likes of, uh, I forgot her name uh, for the time being, but uh, Mackenzie, that's the one. Um, yeah. Like she, she was just, uh, yeah, huge. Huge for them. Um, so, yeah, they had quite a few. Um, yeah, Elise Sheeran as well yeah. was another good player for them. Um, yeah, just racking up the ball at will. Um, and they, you can see, again, that difference between, like, SMN AFLW side as a, I suppose, a newly knitted together side that, you know, has a bunch of players that are committed. Like, and they do seem committed to the jumper, Jane. Um, yeah. yeah, they seem committed to each other. But Richmond just have that, those years of experience of playing with each other, um, which allows them to, you know, really set up behind the ball, um, you know, a lot more smartly and get those systems right. Um, because, you know, anytime we dump kicked it out, it would automatically go to a Richmond, um, you know, at least a two-on-one, if not a three-on-one at times. Um, and unfortunately, as as much as our girls battled away, you just can't beat those sort of numbers. Um, we were very fortunate that they missed a number of goals. However, I will equally say that, yeah, we missed a number of goals ourselves that really should have kicked. Um, you know, and yeah, I'm not sinking the boots in here, but um, yeah, there are a couple um in particular from um Paige Scott, yeah. Paige Scott, yeah, that like one it seemed about you know 20, 25 meters or so, more or less straight in front. Um, unfortunately, she missed that one, and then there was another one, you know, in running the, in. yeah, running in of third or fourth quarter. Um, seemed to have an open goal in front of her, but missed. Um, and I will say that you know, pretty early in the game, she copped a you know massive corky, uh, but she did run out of the game. However, um, you know, <laughs> if you're fit enough to be out on the ground, um, yeah, you, you should be fit enough to. Um, yeah, I suppose maintain your composure, and that's easy for me to say as a bloke sitting on the couch and, and watching it, as opposed to the, you know, because she's still what nineteen or something, Jane. Yeah, um, I think she's eighteen, mate. Yeah, eighteen, nineteen-year-old girl. Um, mm. obviously, you know, playing really well for us. Mm. Um, wet conditions, particularly in that second half, I'll say. Um, so it's easy for me to say on, on the sidelines. Um, you know, she does, you know, pr- provide a bit of spark, uh, but it's just. When, when you're coming for, I suppose, coming from behind, you need that sort of wave of, um, you know, momentum to to pull you through sometimes. Um, mm. If we'd have kicked, you know, either one of those goals, all of a sudden, uh, well, particularly that first one, like we would have been in front. Um, that second one, we would have been that little bit closer um, to, you know, potentially run over the top of them. And it's one of those things where, um, yeah, there's changing the sliding doors moments, James, where, um, you know, Richmond's, they were getting a lot of entries, but missing a lot of shots. If you're missing a lot of shots, you're not getting rewarded for all your effort. All of a sudden, we go up the other end and kick one. That automatically deflates their, um, uh, I suppose, sense of confidence like a bit of like a balloon, James. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think yeah, I really need to work on the composure there. But the the effort and um, I suppose tenacity and I suppose uh, cohesion as a unit in terms of the working together absolutely cannot be doubted. 
Um, it's the, I suppose, knitting together the game plan and, uh, and all the rest of it. That'll be the next step. But um, there's a lot of really good stuff there for the girls to work with. And um, certainly a lot of players, um, you know, stood up on the day, which is great to see. It was never left to uh, to one singular person to to lift the side. And I think that's probably reflected in, you know, the votes, James. I, I found them pretty hard mm. um, to, to give on this particular day because there's a few people who made some really good efforts um, we thought, oh, I'd like to reward that, but um, can't necessarily. But um, no, it's like it sucks to lose those sort of games. But I was really happy with, with the effort the girls showed. Yeah, I've got to say, in all our uh, games, shout out to all the bomber fans that are supporting our girls. Mm. It's really noticeable, you know, the support they've got. Um, and you know, that first quarter, I feel like we missed opportunities there, like mm. had the majority of the play and. And only took a like I think it was a eight point lead or a nine point lead in quarter time. Mm. Um, I probably should have added more goals there. Yep. Um. So yeah, I think um, you know, that was a missed opportunity. And then the second term, uh, Richmond owned that. Yeah. Uh, they turned that into a nine point lead to themselves. And uh, you know, but one thing about our girls, which have been great, or our women, has been that they just don't give up. Mm. Keep coming back, and um, you know, a lot of players. I, I thought uh, Amber Clark, our yeah, number one draft pick, from yeah. Boy, uh, she kicked a brilliant goal. And yeah. look, um, Amber has been caught in a number of tackles. Sometimes she she goes for it, mate, and she gets caught in a tackle and mm. had a number of holding the ball that's uh, paid against her. Yep, and just holding on to that footy a bit too long yep. she, as she comes to the. Speed of the game, I'm sure, was much different to what she was playing in. Mm. But having said that, I love that she keeps going for it. And, yep. um, I think, yeah, that's going to make her a really good player because rather than being shell-shocked and trying to give off cheapies, she's still going for these plays. And yep. um, that will hold her in good stead. And, you know, with Paige Scott as well, like, even though it wasn't her best game, and you know, she'll rue a few of those opportunities. And... Yeah, you know, I'm sure she was affected by how sore she was because mm. uh, she had to take that uh, calf as well, mate. Yeah. Um, so that's going to impact your uh, impact your ability of the day. But um, you know, our future just in those two, uh, those top draft picks, they certainly got them right, I think. And mm. um, you know, uh, again, I thought Bonnie Too Good was a really good target in wet conditions. Yeah. Yeah. So. Looking good, but um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, Richmond was just a little bit more stronger than us. Um, and let's face it, they've, had a, you know, they've been in the competition a bit longer, yep. a bit more continuity. Um, but having said that, you know, we're not far away from being four and four, mate. Um, mm. you know, when you lose by one point and two points, then you know, we can look back and there's a number of opportunities, as you, as you uh, referred to that we probably could have got right, you know, that might have given us the result. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and next week, mate, we played against the Pies um, on Friday. So um, and Collingwood's been travelling very well. They had their first loss on the weekend against Adelaide. They were very strong as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the club should be, you know, really buoyed by the way that um, the ladies have been playing. Um, yeah. Really giving us an opportunity every game, and really 
represented the club well and, and now they're getting supported as well, you know, from the stand. So um, really good. Um, and I'm enjoying watching a bit of footy deep in September with the Bombers play. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been our only opportunity for a while, mate. Um, the one thing I, I suppose I, I do want to say is, um, like, back to that point of composure with the footy, we do have a lot of players that... Um, you know, just more or less banging on the boot. And I get it, it's a wet day. That's the sort of footy you play sometimes. Um, but there's a few players that, you know, they're, they're good at finding the footy, which is great. Um, but sometimes we're just putting each other under under pressure, whether it's, you know, passing to someone who's already got a, you know, person on them, you know, two minutes away, they, they'll get buddy done. Um, so that's an area of the game we really need to work on. Um, and I think, you know, another year of pre-season, you know, potentially – uh, you know the trade periods and all the rest of it. We can go. Okay, this is the setup we've got. This is what we we need. Um, because you know we you have to remember we we started a, a team effectively from scratch. Um, so um, yeah, I think we're doing well to be as competitive as we are. Um, but then it's about okay now where do we um you know meet uh, meet other needs. Um, but also you'll see a lot of development from from players that show a lot of promise. Like I thought um. That Jessica Wuchner, Jane, um, yeah, she only's got the four disposals. Uh, unfortunately, she got uh, taken off late, um, you know, with a bit of a heavy knock um, and injury. But I thought, yeah, she shows a bit of spark. Um, and you think, geez, once these players really get up to speed, um, as you say with Amber Clark, Jane, like, they're just going to be really good players um, because no longer will, you know, Madison Prisbarkas and Bonnie Toogood be the sole ones that um, the other team put the effort into. And uh, certainly for both of those players, um, you know, Richmond put a lot of effort into those guys to, uh, I suppose, stifle their their influence on the contest. Um, so once we've got a few more players able to contribute, that's where we'll see some um, some massive gains. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, uh, yeah, the, the future of the girls. And, um, yeah, I reckon they've got a really bright future ahead of them and potentially in the very near future. Yeah, a couple of shout outs for that game, mate. I thought um I think it's Eloise Gamble. Um yeah. she, she did a, a mountain of work. Um mm. again, her kicking can be a bit suspect coming out of the back line. Mm. But um yeah, she really does provide yeah, that key position back. Um, you know, and just take takes a couple of really surprising strong marks, you know, in yeah. weak conditions. Yeah. But she was quite good. Um yeah, now um you know, some of the other players, like Jackie Boyd, I thought, she, again, mm. he was great. Um, you know, uh, we saw a player on debut, mate. It was it Lily uh, something Williamson, I think her name was. Ah, uh, yep, she, Lily Rose Williamson, yep. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, these players are, you know, are coming in. But another one that caught my eye was uh, Steph Wales, um, following mm. up after a three-goal performance. The week before, yep. Um, yeah, and there's not much of her, mate. Like she's pretty lean, yeah. But um, in wet conditions, I thought she played very well. Yeah, particularly for a, for a taller option. Um, yeah, and she was getting involved in the like in the packs and stuff like that. So, nah, some great work from the girls. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, really pleasing to watch them develop and represent the club so well. Absolutely. Uh, so should we have a look at the um, uh, votes for this game, mate, that we've been uh, submitting? 
Yeah, for sure, mate. Um, so my votes for this game. Um, so the one vote I went for Elise Gamble. Um, as you say, James, she was really solid down there. Um, yeah, took that one mark, which was a bit of a slips catch almost, um, uh, which is great to see. And she actually tried a couple of those. Some of them she didn't quite get to the fall of the ball. Uh, it just fell a bit short for her. Um, but she absolutely got um, got to the ball. So she reads it well. Um, I thought she it was definitely her best game in defence um, for the club. Uh, so I thought, thought that needs to be rewarded. So um, great work from Elise Gamble there. The two votes I went for Daria Bannister. Um, now she's a, um, an interesting one, Jane, where... She um, seems to have a bit of um, I don't know explosiveness in her like, and particularly that last quarter, um, or the last well the last half really. Um, she was really digging in with the tackles, putting in a lot of pressure, um, and yeah, she ended up with a goal there. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was from a like a tackle she made in the forward line and, and kicked a, a nice goal from about I think it was about thirty meters out on a fair angle. Um, yeah. So it was great work there from Daria Bannister. So we gave the, the uh, two votes there. It's great work. Uh, but for the three votes, went for Jackie Bott. Um, thought she was fantastic. Um, yeah, only 11 disposals, but nine kicks in that. Uh, six tackles. Uh, I just think her, um, the hardness at the footy, like the, the contest, like, like when she lays a tackle, like you know it's there. Like she's, <laughs> she, uh, she's not shy. Um and like composure with the footy, ability to you know stand under a, a high ball and um you know at least get a fist in, uh, if not trying to get the mark. So I thought um yeah, she had a fantastic game. Um yeah, obviously our our other stars, yeah, Bonnie too good presented well, but um no, I went for uh, Jackie Bot for the three votes. But how about yourself, mate? How'd you go? Yeah, I went the same, Jackie Bot. Um I thought she was our best player. Um as you say, the tackling efforts and also the penetrated kick, mm. um, you know, which was really needed in those wet conditions. Um, so I thought she played really well. I actually gave two votes to Steph Wales, mate. I was really uh, liked the way that she played and, you know, was a real presence um, you know, as that Ruckman. Um, or Ruck, I don't know. Is that the right term? Ruckman? No, um, ruck, ruck woman, Ruck person, uh, who knows? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, they, they uh, yeah, she played quite an important role and, you um, yeah, I gave the one vote, if I'm fine. Oh, I did have it here. <laughs> um, give me, mate. Uh, time to think music. Holiday um, A, B. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, Georgia G, sorry, mate. Um, I thought, especially in the second half, um, her tackling was fantastic. Um, and she just kept getting those uh, little kicks forward and um, real forward pressure, um, you know, to give us a chance to win the game. Um, mm. So I was really impressed with her, but you know, as one of those games, maybe probably pick a few players that you could have given votes. So apologies to uh, Kane as well. I, I thought you know, she played quite a good game as well. Um, but uh, you can't get can't pick them all. And mm. you're right, Daria Bamster was good as well. So yeah, a little bit of a, a stab in the dark with some of these ones because mm. it's all on your perception. But, that was my vote. So uh, where do we stand, mate, in the uh, AFLW bronze cast medal? Beautiful. So uh, from the uh, bottom there, so we've got Elise Gamble on the one vote. On two votes apiece, we got Daria Bannister, George G, Stephanie Kane and Paige Scott. On three votes, we got Stephanie Wales. Uh, on six votes, we got um, Bonnie Toogood. On 13, we got Jackie Vaught. 
And out in front remains Madison Prisparkas on 17 Don's Cast Medal votes. Yeah, well, Jackie Bott um, really came into the market, mate, with um, two best, you know, voted best on ground for by both of us, mate. So mm. you climbed up there. And uh, again, in these games, um, they go so quick, mate. Uh, you know, it's a lot different to the men's version of how quick the quarters seem to go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've just got a smaller frame to kind of catch your attention. And then they have to do a few things right and really resonates with you. Mm. So it'll be interesting as how we go. And as I said, uh, I'm sure we'll be underdogs again next week against Collingwood. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we, we uh, go against an, another team that's well-established in the comp. Yep, absolutely. All right, mate, we'll, we'll have a break. Uh, and we'll come back and we'll continue our by the numbers and we go through 25 to 36 today. And you're listening to Don's Cast. And, mate... Um, Let's uh, just quickly touch over a couple of little uh, tidbits before we go into the player review. Um, now, North Melbourne today, we're giving a special assistance, uh, you know, program. Well, you know, they were given two draft picks. Push. Mm, so the future part. Uh, so North Melbourne will receive two future draft picks for next year as part of their assistance package for the AFL. But they must trade or be traded out as the league hopes to fast track the kangaroos rebuild with experience. So, in effect, they can't use those picks for themselves. Mm. They can trade them for players. And um, yeah, another handout for North Melbourne. Who would believe it? But, mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, how NFL does. And, um, you know, obviously, nor for the minnows of the comp, uh, they can play Malister Clarkson, but it won't change that they'll play in front of, you know, 20,000. It's a pretty good crowd for them. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not going to bring the fans through the turnstiles. Um, so I guess the AFL are trying to make them a more watchable product and, and hopefully that brings, you know, more people to the games. But, um, yeah, I... What's your thoughts on that, mate? I reckon the uh, the uh, yeah thing should have been this. Yep, we'll give you these draft picks for you to use on players um, if you move to Tasmania. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Like personally, I think yeah, you know, a club like North Melbourne, when you have been established for such a long time, it's um yeah, it, I I do get a bit um you know peeved off at. Yeah, everyone else having to um yeah, effectively pay their way. Um, you know, I think, you know, they've had their years of success, James. Don't forget, like they were a powerhouse, you know, in the nineties. Um and they as a club have frittered away any any success uh they've had since then. Um, you know, through through poor choices and all the rest of it. Um, you know and a certain you know, captain um <laughs> Uh, cheating on a friend, I, I guess, is the nicest way to put it. 
Yeah. Certainly didn't help themselves. The club. Well, it, it didn't. But I mean, like realistically, you know, that was handled the way it was handled. But um, they've had a lot of opportunity to, I suppose, fix up from there. They haven't been able to. Um, they haven't been able to draw fans uh, to the game. Uh, so they've got many failings there. So we're effectively supporting a, a failing club. You know, whereas you look at, you know, Gold Coast and GWS, I understand why you'd need to, you know, prop them up a bit. It's been harder for them, particularly Gold Coast, like in a, uh, you know, realistically a, a non-traditional, um, like AFL-supporting state. Um, and they've had all sorts of problems in terms of, like, keeping players there. But that's because more because of location and, I suppose, part of a developing side, as opposed to players not wanting to go to North Melbourne uh, because their their administration is um you know pretty rubbish and you know so you know propping up a, a club like North Melbourne does rankle with me a bit um because I'll, I'll look at you know, other clubs and don't get me wrong like everyone everyone's had their um you know their own misfortune their their own self inflicted misfortune um but I look at you know say a, a Carlton and don't get me wrong I, I never want to help them out um but they were rubbish for a long time. Um, you know, and even they got all these number one picks and all the rest of it. And what do they do with it for such a long time, Jane? Yeah, mm. bugger all, all these picks went to nothing. And um it's uh yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like it. Um, but I guess it, it happened, it's what the AFL does. They they see a a failing stream of their business and want to prop it up through, you know, effectively, you know, um, you know, taken away from from the other sides, because remember, like they give those those picks, James, automatically, everyone else's picks drop in in value, um, mm. uh, which I, I think's yeah, um, I don't think it's really in the spirit of of what we want to be doing. But um, look, that's the decision that's made. So, yeah, mm. what, what can we do but moan about it? <laughs> and I guess um, the irony, the North uh, last won a final in twenty sixteen, mate. Mm. Uh, there's another club in the north of Melbourne and <laughs> hasn't won a final since 2004. Um, we don't get any assistance, mate. Uh, <laughs> and I remember Caroline Wilson when this was floated by Tom Brown. You know, you know should Essendon get a compensation for mm. where they are? Yeah. And she scoffed at it. Oh, no, definitely not. Like, you know, and look, we're not one to seek handouts. Um, you know, so it wasn't like we were flying. But, I, I mean, you, know, you could argue North have been, you know, relatively more successful than us, and especially in the last few years they've made, uh, you know, in the last 10 years at least, they've made two prelims. Um, mm. You know, we haven't bypassed the first week of the finals in, you know, the, the last you know, 17, 18 years. So, yep. um, yeah, there's certainly ways of looking at who needs assistance. But um, I guess a lot of it will say we brought it upon ourselves. Um, but having said that, um, the North Melbourne handouts continue. Um, yeah, the tin rattlers continue on. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I guess the only other thing I was going to bring up is that, you know, with the with, um, AFL basically, uh, you know, with the grand final between Geelong and Sydney, um, you know, that game is essentially a sellout, which, you know, is no surprise to any of us. Um, 
and it'll be interesting to see how quickly after the grand final um, we actually name our new coach uh, and whether that will ramp up discussions with people maybe involved in the game. Mm. And it's funny, mate, Geelong, top of the ladder, uh, not earlier their coaches talked about as potential targets. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, uh, you think success teams uh, you, you look into, you know, yeah, they're not really floated. I, I guess uh, they've got James Kelly, who obviously spent time with us, um, was one of their more seniors. Um, and, I'd, yeah, look, there's rumours, and I don't know how true they were. He's not, he wouldn't be a consideration at Essendon, maybe due to some stuff that happened there. Um, so we can't really comment on that, but I guess Nigel Lappin's the other one, um, you know, uh, that's all I'm thinking of. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, mate? Like, would you think one of their coaches would be floated? It seems to be one of those things where, um, like, they they've got a pretty. I mean, as much as it's aging, they do have a pretty good list. Um, so they're they're all pretty fat, damn happy, you know, reaping success. Um, you know, I dare say they're probably under, like, you know, whether it's coaches and the senior coach and the players and all the rest of it, they're probably on lower salaries um, than they you know, might be able to command at other clubs. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're having a successful time of it, you know, um, you know, at least making prelims effectively for the last few years, um, which uh, probably isn't a bad place to be. So whether they're happy as a unit and that's why they're not, their names aren't being floated as a gettable or anything like that, who knows? But, um, you yeah, know, I dare say that might have something to do with it. Yeah, the only other name down there along that jumps out at me was Matthew Egan, mate. He mm. actually coached our club um, for a game or two um, at the end of, I think it may have been, at the end of Herdy's team. Um, yeah. So, uh, but he hasn't really been pushed forward as a potential senior coach again. So, um, yeah, interesting anyway. Um, let's continue with the player reviews, mate. And I guess uh, we continue with uh, Jake Stringer. Frustrating year for Jake. Um, couldn't get his body right again. Was a bit out of condition again, mate, um, which is a bit of a trend. He got that contract that he wanted. Yeah. And um, yeah, you wonder about motivation sometimes um, mm. because uh, I think he's just so vital to us. Um, he's definitely our, our game breaker, if you know what I mean. So. Yeah. Um, I think he's the player that can really turn a game. Um, and yeah, we just need him fit and firing. And particularly when he gets an injury, he really seems to struggle looking after himself to present. Yeah. Uh, when he loses that continuity of being able to run and so forth. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a really disappointing season for him. Um, I will say he played number of good games in that back half of the year. But again, found injury or looked proppy or just not fit enough mm. to run out games at peak level. But, um, yeah, I thought he played very well in, um, obviously, the game against North Melbourne. But he was, I thought, clearly our best player. Yeah, I mean, Jake Stringer, he's, it's one of those ones where, you know, with the contract, you wonder how many, I suppose, performance Indicators were um, part of that. 
contract because um, you know you want to make sure it's incentivized that you know, if he's performing you'll get a bit more if he's not performing you know shouldn't get as much um like uh, people might say gee that's a bit rich you know talking about someone's contract and someone else's pay like that um but uh yeah i think for people like jake stringer where um he's either really hot or <laughs> or pretty cold um it, there's never an in between like it um yeah you know, i suppose the most consistent we've seen jack stringer is you know yeah last year for, for stringy games but even then he was up and down at times so yeah i think he needs you know that balance of a carrot and a stick um you know incentive um at times because certainly you know again he had a great pre-season by all accounts then he picked up that injury um and he never seemed to really get into well, anything out of second gear, really, throughout the season, Jane. Um, he got the seven Donscast medal votes overall, um, which I suppose speaks to, you know, as much as he's good in some games, like he he didn't really set it on fire. Um, kicked, what, 20 goals or something for the year from his 15 matches, Jane. Um, something about that. Um, and we're, we know he's capable of, you know, far higher Um so I'd hope he has a big preseason. I'd say he had a pretty substandard year for mine. Um, but uh, yeah, he definitely needs a, a good preseason. He needs to stay fit and on the park, um, which is easier said than done, I reckon. Yeah, for Jake, it's a real battle. Um, so, and look, he'll be 29 next year. So he's still got a couple, you know, still a few years in him. But how long that he's got left in the game will be how well he can look after himself. Mm. So he needs to think about that as well. Um, you know, because, like, you know, you won't always, you know, command the contract, you know, if you've, if you've got a history of not being able to perform due, either due to fitness or injury or anything like that, or, and you carry that extra pounds that, you know, in the AFL elite uh, level, you, you get found out for this. Mm. Um, yeah, he's going to be under scrutiny. And um, <clears throat> it was interesting, mate, that uh, apparently he was part of a pitch to Jordan Degoe, um about those two combining, um, which would be, I think, fantastic. You know, have two real potential game breakers in there. Mm. That talk of anything linking us to Degoe has really gone away. Yeah. I guess that comes from the back of not having a coach. Mm. But, um, I think. Uh, it's reported today that St Kilda won't throw a godfather off already, meaning that he's more likely to sign at Collingwood. And I think if a godfather off was to come, it would be from us. Mm. Um, I guess we can't do that without the coach's backing. So how much time do we have to do it? Um, but we certainly need more star power and um, and it might be a way to explore, but um, we're running out of time Again, this is going to be coming down to the coaches. Um, yeah, when we go on to the next player, mate, um, you know, the, the number 26, what, what do you think of um, Kane Baldwin this season? Yeah, obviously, I, I think he had a, in terms of AFL, I think he had a, yeah, you'd have to say a fairly poor year. Um, but I don't put that on him. Like, he's a young bloke coming back to footy after two knee reconstructions and, uh, or two ACLs was it? Um, yeah, two and, different uh, legs as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
But one thing I, you know, you constantly see about Kane Baldwin is he does the work, Jane. Um, you know, even when he was off the leg, he was doing all this what, like work in the gym. You could say he's a massively built bloke, and he's still only what 19, 20 years of age. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely does the work. Even at the in the games, he's he's trying to um you know, get involved in a few tackles. Um, he he obviously needs a lot of work in one getting up to speed. With AFL footy, um, obviously learning the game plan, learning leading patterns, but that's not just him, mate. That's all yeah. of the Essendon forwards, I would say. Um, really need that work to you know, effectively stop flying for the one ball all the bloody time. Um, obviously, yeah, getting a few more games, uh, he'll get over those yips. I mean, he had uh, yeah, quite a number of shots at goal, James, and uh, had a goal accuracy of 28.6%. Um, so yeah, effectively just over one in four going through the big sticks. Um, so obviously he'll work on that. But, I mean, he went back to the VFL and he um, showed some quite good form there. Like he, he definitely wasn't just a, a plotter um, making up the numbers in the in the VFL. Like he seemed to be, you know, almost a bit of a cut above. Uh, kicked four goals on a couple of occasions, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, obviously you get um, – Blokes like Paul Cousins speak really highly about the bloke, just the work he does and uh, how much he just wants to learn and soak up. So I think he's he's um, he's definitely worth persisting with and obviously we've roared that with a, another year on the list. Um, I, I think he definitely is uh, worth persevering with to see what sort of development we can get from him because, again, this is a bloke who hasn't played a lot of footy in a couple of years. Um, this year he got back to playing footy. I think the, the fact that he did get... Yeah, obviously four games in the AFL. Um, I yeah, obviously not at a great level, but he did get that monkey off the back, kicking a couple of AFL goals, which is great. Um, but more so, yeah, a number of games in the VFL where he was able to run out the season, run out games. Um, quite often, you know, came into it really late in the piece where you know fourth quarter he was still tra- chasing and tackling and you know providing leads and all the rest of it. So um, certainly. Um, yeah, as much as his performance on field was uh, not as great as you'd like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, really hopeful on this bloke. I think he'll have a, um, you know, a decent development, uh, and we'll see a bit more of him in 20, 2023. Yeah, well, there's definitely a spot for him, and as I said, I, yeah, I think one of the great things for Kane is that he got through the season relatively not too much injury concerns, um, especially today's needs. And I think the big thing for him, he just needs to get some agility back. I'm sure it's been affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and um, as we know, in the modern game, you can't be a plotter. You've got to really yeah, be up and about, and I'm sure he can get there. Uh, Mason Redmond, mate, he had a fantastic season, I thought. Um, you know, certainly his best year at the club, I thought. And yeah. uh, I guess that will be reflected in the cast medal votes. Yeah, mate, he was uh, it was super consistent, um, you know, all year. Probably one of the only um, players you can say that about. Like him, him and Zach Merritt were um, were a class above, um, which is uh, yeah, which is great to see. Um, yeah, because last couple of years he just looked like a shadow of the player we thought he could be, Jay. Um, so seeing him, uh, you know, pop up and um, you know. Uh, I suppose show that run and dash and that you know, that dangerous kick he can, he can pull off um, was just fantastic. His physicality at the contest, um, 
yeah, obviously had the 20 matches, Jamin. And in that, you could you could see um, just the tenacity of the bloke. They were, like toward the end of the season, um, yeah, one week he got COVID, so he didn't play that game. Came back the very next week and was almost bloody best on. He was he was fantastic. And then after that, um, he had another hiccup. I can't remember whether it was a um, whether it was a minor injury or or something like that. Then he came back he the next week. Had and, a concussion and also a leg injury. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. And again, I came out and and played really well. So um, yeah, he obviously holds himself to really high standards, and I think that's that's fantastic. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's also sort of reflected in how high he he rated the Donscast medal votes. Obviously, like <laughs> not that our um our our measure is any better than others, but I mean, um, yeah, he got sixty five Donscast medal votes over the course of the season for us, so third overall in our count. Um, but just shows that consistency of of um, a high level of performance he's shown throughout. Um, obviously, kicked a, a few goals. Um, through the year, so yeah, really using that um, uh, yeah, good range of his his kick, um, which is fantastic. But um, yeah, I really liked his season, James, and hoping he can um, yeah continue to perform at that level or better. Um, yeah, next year, yeah, going forward. How about yourself? How do you see it? Yeah, and I thought his marking really came to the fore. Those intercept marks were mm. great by him, um, really holding them and. Uh, I think he averaged around 423 metres gained each week. So, um, yeah, he certainly wasn't chip-kicking it, mate. He was leading mm. forward and really giving us a uh, real good push. So, yeah, still only you know, 25 years of age at the moment, like 26 next year. So still pretty much in the prime of his career. And hopefully he continues on that trend. Um, you know, when we look at the, you know, the list, mate, the, the mark, the way it is, he's a really important hybrid player that isn't quite key position. It's a bit taller than our other flankers, mm. um, so he can hold marks and so forth, but uh, also he has that penetrating leg, which is pretty important, you know, to you know, to get the ball forward and you know, and then you know, run off and receive a handball late and bomb one of those big 50-metre goals. So, mm. um, yeah, and then the, uh, the usual... Celebration, mate, now with the red dot. <laughs> something about the devil, I think he said. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, good, it's good stuff by Mason Redman for this year. Mate, uh, Alistair Lord, he was drafted last year. He was named in one game, mate, uh, mm. against the Hawks. He was named as as a you know on the on the bench on the sub, um, and wasn't actually uh, brought into the game. But no opportunity for him. Um, he's got some real dash. He's only 18 and obviously 75 kilos, mate. So he really doesn't have the body yet for a senior level. Um, and from the reserves games that I saw or the VFL games that I saw, um, he didn't get a whole heap of the footy, mate. You know? yeah. um, but he saw that turn of speed that he has. Um, he's a real goer. And, uh, yeah, I thought he, you know, like, it's hard to judge him this year because obviously never played senior footy and just got through VFL games without being outstanding. Mm. But um, at 18 years of age, I'm not sure what you expect. So um, obviously the recruitment team like his pace. Um, you know, as we seem to love our 
halfback flankers. <laughs> and um, uh, this is another example. Yeah, but this one definitely won't be turning into a mid, mate. <laughs> um, no, I mean, he seems like a pretty popular bloke at the club. Um, seems to have a few tools um, in the kit bag, like a, a decent kick, um, yeah, good turn of speed, as you say, Jane, but just you know, very slightly built um, at the moment. So, yeah, a year of development, which is uh, always a good thing. So we'll see what the preseason has for him. Um, yeah, but it'd be unfair to give him a rating uh, off the year. Yeah, of course. Um, a player we did bring in, mate, uh, from free agency last year, in pretty much our own, our only move really, we've established mm. players, was to bring in uh, an area of uh, improvement that we needed to play on smaller forwards. Um, was Jay Kelly, and mate, I've got to say we really misused him early in the year. Um, yeah, seemed to want to play him on key position players, and mm. he really looked out of his depth, which obviously he was. Um. Yeah, he's only 190 centimetres, mate. So when you're asking to give up, you know, five or six centimetres and, and a whole heap of body size, mm. um, you can see why he looked out, out of it. Like, he's not an outstanding user of the footy as well. So, yeah. But um, he's a real endeavour player. You know, it really stands out. Um, you know, he takes some intercept marks and, you know, get balls in the clinches, you know, when the balls are um, just like, Floating around down there, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'd be able to get out there and you know, one-on-one, he's quite good, especially on a small forward. He had a purple patch there, mate, when he kind of beat some really good forwards. And, um, you know, I think jumped to mind was uh, Charlie Cameron. Uh, there's another player that you really blanked at. Um, yeah, um, Isaac Rankin. Yeah, that's it. And, um, you know, when he was played in the position we actually recruited him for, he, yeah. He didn't look too bad, but um, yeah, I think he'll be one that probably can rapidly progress from this if he gets a coach who uses him correctly. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, Jane. I think that that you're um, all fair points there. Um, you know, because that first first start of the year, as you say, he was playing on the monsters. You know, like Charlie Cameron and buddy Tom Hawkins, and you just thought. That's not his gig. Like he's a solid bloke, you know. Obviously, they call him the bull for a reason. But um, you know, that's, that's it wasn't his game to um, you know, take on those big blokes. Whereas, um, you know, he put him on the smaller forwards, and yeah, he did really well on them. And the one thing I really liked about his game, James, was he's just so niggly, like always pushing, always you know, getting under their nose. And I wonder know, where he got that from. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, as much as um, yeah. Former recent right. players would have had, uh, you know, uh, run-ins with his dad. Um, I'm happy this bloke's playing at Essendon. Um, I think that sort of niggle is something we've desperately been lacking. And don't get me wrong, I don't think he's a fantastic player. I think certainly has a lot of uh, areas to work on on his game, like particularly his disposal, his decision-making. Um, yeah, and I suppose particularly with that, um, you know, being quicker with making that decision and, and not sort of... Um, you know, uh, you know, broadcasting early. Hey, I'm going to kick it to that direction. So, uh, like, mm. um, yeah, he, he just needs to be smarter than that. Um, but I think you know, overall, he he defends well. Um, you know, is accountable to his man. Um, which uh, is certainly another area where um, the Essendon Football Club as a whole needs to work on. Um, so I thought he had a yeah a solid year without being outstanding, James. 
all that said. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably a good assessment. Um, I should ask, mate, any Don's cast medal votes for Jake Kelly? Oh, for Jake Kelly, my apologies. Um, so uh, for Kelly, he racked up the 16 Don's cast medal votes. Yeah, so yeah, he did have a purple patch there where he really played his role well. I think that's where he um, would have been spotted for those votes. Mm. Uh, a player that really came on as the season went on, mate, it was uh, Brendan Zerk uh, Thatcher. And I thought he's, uh, you know, from that Sydney game onwards, um, yeah, that where we played him in the MCG, mm. um, yeah, he really owned that key position back spot. And is uh, that little bit taller than, um, you know, than Jaden Laverty or around the same size at least. And, um, yeah, he, he played well. I think he, mm. he used to look too slow to play at senior level, but he's really made it work. And his marking really improved as the season went on. Yeah, it did, mate. Um, look, you know, I'm, again, I'm happy to wear uh, that I was wrong on this one because, um, you know, from where he started the last couple of years, he played really solidly this year. When he came in, he played his role. Um, and I thought he looked really poised down there, James, like composed with the footy, usually made good decisions. He's not an excellent um you know, disposed of the footy, but he made smart choices. So he didn't cough up any massive clangers, um, you know, that I can remember. And there were some real moments there where you, you thought, bloody hell, how did he get a hand in there? Like some real go-go gadget moments, James, um, which were uh, just fantastic to see. And um, like we know he's he's shown his toughness previously. I mean, it's not often that um, someone punches you in the face and you get reported for it. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, with uh, Zerk Thatcher, like some... Some big marks, um, uh, you know, putting his body on the line. Like he, he's copped some real wax for, um, you know, trying to save a, a ball in, in defence there. Um, those sort of desperation stakes. So I, I thought he had a, a really good season. I think that was reflected in, you know, he, what did he play this year? He played the 12 matches this year and he racked up 22 tons, tons cast medal votes. Um, so when he came on, he, he came on uh, fairly well, played his role. Um, and it's absolutely an area of need. When he came on, you saw how that freed up you Jake Kelly to, to go to those small players. Um, you know, all of a sudden, Laverde didn't have to play on the, the massive, uh, yeah, the massive thugs of the game. Not that I think Zerk Thatcher has the size to to go with a Hawkins or a Cameron or a you know Dixon or you know blokes like that. But certainly, he's much more suited than Laverde or a Kelly is. Um, so. Um, that was a very good addition to the side. So I thought he had a um, yeah, really solid season, Zerk Thatcher. And, um, yeah, all props to him because he's, he's been at it for a while. And, um, yeah, now I suppose that that faith that has been put in him is, is coming to fruition. Yeah, good. Well done, Ren. Um, now we go into Zach Reed, um, wearing the famous 31, mate. And uh, yeah, he's had two really interesting... Injury uh, interrupted years. Um, we probably hasn't got the development he'd like to get into it. Mm. Having said that, the club signed him up for a three-year deal, mate. So the talent's definitely there. Um, and he played a couple of games in the back end of the season, but um, like without dominating. And we've, interestingly, mate, he played majority of his footy down back. But when he came in, kind of given glimpses up forward as well. Mm. I'm not sure if that was about you know, trying to see what they could um, uh, assess 
how, where he's going to be used long term. Mm. Um, obviously, the hype was that he was going to be a very good backman. Um, yeah, he kind of was uh, yeah, missing for a lot of the season from the senior side. Um, he got a final run against uh, Richmond. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a night really for, for him and his weight, mate, uh, his pencil thin as well. Yeah. Um, and it really stood out against the hardened bodies of Richmond. Yeah. Um, you can just see the difference. But, yeah, from all yeah, everyone says he's got a wonderful kick, I will say uh, I didn't think he showed that this year, um, yeah. particularly uh, his kicking power. Um, and he, he seemed reluctant to pull the trigger. Um mm. So I'm not sure if that's just confidence or, you know, playing the senior level. But, you know, I think he's going to be a player, that's for sure. But uh, you just have to be patient with him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the that's thing. Like, he's a um, massive unit, you know, 202 centimetres. You know, I think he's actually up to 204 or 205 now. Um, I think that's what I heard through the grapevine. But, um and he's slowly filling out. Certainly, um, yeah, he looked a lot more solid than he did last year, um, but still has a lot of work to go on on building that frame of his. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, yeah, when he has come in, he hasn't looked overawed. Um, so he, he does look like a, a fairly composed bloke. Yes, he didn't win the contest and all the rest of it, but I think, you know, that'll come once he um, learns to sort of back himself in the contest um, you know, take a few more marks and, um, you know, again, that, that confidence in at that ability will, um, or at that level rather, you know, that'll allow him to, you know, potentially go, okay, I'll go for this kick now. Like I'm capable of it. I'll back myself in to do it. And I think that's where, um, you know, I, I personally think we did miss a trick. Um, I thought we could have got a few more games into him this year at AFL level, but as it was, we went with Zerk Thatcher and, you know, I, I would stand corrected there. Um, so it becomes a question of who do you want to get games into? I mean, um, yeah, his, his work in the VFL was, was quite good. Um, yeah, apparently, yeah, from the reports from Paul Cousins, um, he uh, yeah, was holding uh, some really good roles uh, down in VFL and um, yeah, providing a bit of leadership, actually, for, for the other blokes around there. So he obviously reads the, the game quite well. Um, so I think, yeah, on-field AFL-wise, you'd have to say like a, a fairly you know, substandard year, but, you know, it's year two of a you know, big man's career. Um, so I think that development's gone into him from the VFL um, will hopefully you know, give him that confidence, you know, as well as the pre-season to go into the next season, um, you know, a bit bigger, stronger, more confident, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see a bit more of him in 2023. Yeah, just some continuity with his body, I think, will be really important for him. Um, so he can get a full season, you know, even if he splits games between the BFL and the AFL, yeah. um, set him up for a, a great season, um, you know, to get you know, those, uh, the rigours of AFL footy uh, weekly. Yeah. Um, a player we really don't know much about, mate, like other than maybe seeing him on BFL uh, games was Josh Eyre. Yeah. Um, and he looks a long way from it, to be honest. Um, yep. This stage, he's still fairly lean. And I know he was touted to be like a centre forward, mate. Um, uh, but I noticed that in the second half of the year, they were using him down back as well. Um, so, yeah, I, 
I'm not sure, like his contract status, mate, it's, it hasn't been announced if it's uh, going to be extended. I imagine it would because, it, you know, it's too early to make a call on a player like that. Yep. But, um, yeah, not much to add this season other than, you know, been a little bit underwhelming in the VFL, but yep. I also realise that he's you know, pretty lean and you know, playing in a you know, that key position that is always, it's not something you can generally walk into playing against men and dominate. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that, James. Um, you know, obviously hasn't um, you know, notched a senior game yet, but he's got a bit of development to go as a, a bigger body player um, well, in terms of size. Um, uh, so he's still got a bit of development in the actual body to, to go. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like at VFL level he sort of struggled there as well. Um, they changed his role, so they instead of going half forward, they all right go down back and you know sit behind the ball and see what you can read there. Apparently had a couple of good games there, um, yeah, none outstanding, but you know. So there's obviously something there um, to like, and I think yeah, realistically, a bloke is nearly two meters tall. Um, you know, athletic um, guys of that size that can mark and and kick relatively well. They don't fall off trees. So, yeah, I reckon probably worth another year to see, you know, what development, you know, I suppose acknowledging he's only 19, 20 years of age. So, um, yeah, another year, uh, I don't see any harm in that, particularly, you know, at our current list demographic as it is. Um, yeah, we're certainly not, you know, <laughs> going all out for, for finals or, or grand finals at that matter. Um, so I think worth another crack, Um but I guess we'll see what the club chooses to do there. And it doesn't sound like there's players knocking on door to take these spots at the moment. So mm. um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait for the uh, announcement. Um, but yeah, the, the club still has options there. Um, but I imagine he'd be retained. Mm. Uh, this is also the same vote for number 33, mate, Braden Ham. And um, I think you'll share in my, uh, you know, Concern while well, he was played so often. Yeah. Um, on the back of this is his season averages, mate. Five point eight disposals a game. Mm. Two point one contested possessions. Yeah. Two point nine kicks. Zero point four clearances. Ninety nine meters gained, and one point nine score involvement. So all of them are low, uh, are rated below average. Yep. And um, obviously spends a lot of time on the bench, so I understand that part. Um, but yeah, all of those stats doesn't scream out to me that he should have been, you know, playing too much senior footy. But um, whoever it be named as sub or what, he was given a many games this year, and um, yeah, I just didn't see other than being maybe you know. Uh, rotten, uh, you know, basically favourite mm. why he was selected so often and we didn't trial players like Patrick Voss and, and Tom Hurd to give them opportunity mm. to see what we had and um, yeah, now he's out of contract uh, by all reports there's some interest in him from other clubs but um, yeah, I don't think our next coach, whoever that may be, is worrying too much about Braden here. No, um, and it's unfortunate because I think at times we've seen it, 
like he does have a bit of talent, particularly that first year, James. Like he thought, oh, we might have might have got one here. Um, but you know, in the in the years since, um, yeah, he's been uh, very underwhelming um, as a player, which is yeah, which is unfortunate. Like you think he got to the club two thousand nineteen. Like that was his first game, so he thought, "Oh, this place got got something here." He's he's played like yeah up till twenty twenty two, so that's four seasons of AFL footy, Jane. Um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, he hasn't really made a mark there. I think he could yeah potentially add value to a, a club that just needs the outside run. Um, yeah, I'd probably say the same thing about Tom Cutler. Um, but uh, yeah, for the the brand of footy we want to play, we do want to play that more contested brand. Um, yeah, when you're yeah at most averaging one tackle a game, um, very low disposals, um, not a lot of attacking options, nor defensive options. I'm not sure what value you are um, yeah, providing to the to the side. So um, yeah, I'd say yeah, very substandard year from um, uh, Braden Ham. He'll know that. Um, I don't think he's afraid of the work. I think he's, you know, quite a good runner. But, um, yeah, afraid of the contest has been, um, you know, the blight that's been on him. And, uh, yeah, unless that improves, um, yeah, I don't um, – yeah, I'm not sure how he'll go in terms of his, um, you yeah, know, full career. But, um, yeah, uh, it doesn't look like at this stage he'll be uh, yeah, joining the Essendon Bombers for season 2023. Uh, now Andrew Phillips, uh, he's won another one-year extension, mate. Mm. So he'll be with us. Um, he's a good foil for Sam Draper, having that bigger body to support him. Yep. Uh, he played in ten games this year, and again his stats don't jump off the page. They're all pretty much rated below average. But um, yeah, I think he's like I said, that bigger presence has some leadership ability. Um, mm. And yeah, you know, being one of the more, you know, he's thirty-one now, mate. So he's yep. probably the oldest player on our list. Yep. Um, and yeah, you know, I think yeah, you know, he can be a good foil. But I think yeah, you know, Nick Bryan should be playing a lot more senior footy next year, uh, yep. particularly if we want to keep him. So you know, I think Phillips uh, will actually say, you know, I'll, I'll be a team player. I'll just play when you need me. Mm. And um, he must be a great clubman because, uh, yeah, he just plays his role and doesn't seem to shake the boat. So, um, yeah, it's a good steady season for Andrew Phillips and obviously valued by the club. Absolutely, mate. Don't talk about a good clubman. Um, I mean, you talked to like so Paul Cousins again, um, uh, where yeah, he's sort of saying that, you know, this bloke, you know, where everyone else chucked off to Spain to enjoy the European sun, he stuck around the club um, and actually, you know, helped out the AFLW girls, um, you know, with rock craft and, and stuff like that, um, you know, helping out at training and all the rest of it. You think that's fantastic from, from a bloke. Like, you know, I, I dare say that wouldn't be his contract um, um, or job description, but he's just done it for the love of the, the club and the, and the team there. So, uh, that's fantastic from uh, from Phillips. Love that. Um, yeah, as you say, James, like he, individually, he didn't have you know huge games. Um, yeah, there's probably only a couple of games where he thought, oh, he had a really good game. But what he did do was, as you say, provide that that foil um, for for Draper to allow him to impact games a bit more, where he didn't have to shoulder the the whole ruck load, or um, or we didn't have to sacrifice Peter Wright 
you know, to go into the ruck so we can maintain that, that sort of forward setup. Um, I thought he, you know, in terms of the role, he came in and played it. Uh, he never shirked it, shirked a contest. Um, you know, only kicked the four goals, but um, yeah, it's not just just that, like providing, I suppose, a marking presence, like taking a couple of marks a game, uh, two and a half tackles a game. So pretty agile for a um, for a big bloke. Um, no, he didn't, you know, smash things out of the park. Most of his stats sit at the you know sort of below average to, to average range, but I think the value he gave to the team um, is worth far more than the the sum of the possessions or stat sheet that he shows. Um, so uh, yeah, I thought he had a solid season, um, and uh, as you say, Jamie, he should be playing second fiddle um, or third fiddle even to uh, to Draper and. And Brian next year, but he's there for a break glass solution, um, which, as we know with Ruckman, um, can and unfortunately does happen at times. So, um, not well done to Andrew Phillips for another year at the club. Yeah. Um, now, Mac Wealthy, uh, we both uh, took our hats off to him. Um, again, he will never be really high possession. And, you know, he's just really workmanlike, but you know, really added goal kicking to his game this year mm. um, and did try to create that forward pressure, um, playing as a defensive forward. Um, so, I, you know, I remember Matt Wealthy being talked about as a player that would leave us to go to WA um, yep. eventually. But he's just signed on another two years, mate. So he's really committed to us and um, I'm glad he was rewarded for a really good season. Yeah, he was, mate. Um, yeah, as you say, he started to find, uh, yeah, that, bit of goal sense that you kind of need as that small forward because he was playing that pressure, you know, defensive forward kind of role and playing it fairly well, I think. Um, you know, he's 20 games, you got the 47 tackles. So averaging about two and a half tackles a game up in that forward line and um, kicking the 17 goals, which is uh, which is fantastic. Um, you know, he's not setting the world alight, but he's playing his role. And I think, um, you know, when you look at, uh, I suppose the the span of the season, there were certainly a lot of blokes that weren't playing their roles or were uh, were acting as passengers. Um, I think that's one thing you can never say about Matt Guelfi. Um, he certainly tries his all each and every single game. He's not the most wildly talented. He's you know, not the smartest, biggest, um, or anything like that. Um, he'll probably tell you he's the best looking, but um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Apart from that, um, I think he's a bloke who's getting. Yeah, the most he can out of himself in terms of his abilities. Um, and I think, you know, that's playing a role for us. So that's all we can really uh, expect and, um, yeah, I suppose be grateful for because uh, I think he's playing his role and certainly that small forward role is an area of need. Um, so well done for to Guelphie for, um, yeah, finding that that spot in the side because certainly I think a lot of us had him well outside the, uh, the best 22. Uh, at the start of the season, but due to injuries and opportunity, he's managed to um, you know, cement his spot there until someone takes it off him. And uh, I think that might take a bit of doing because uh, yeah. he'll, he'll push himself to that next level. Yeah, so well done, Matt. And um, yeah, great season. Uh, and final, mate, uh, a player that's already had his papers stamped, uh, Gareth McDonough, who was a surprise selection, it's got to be said, in the national draft. Yep. Uh, 26 years of age, mate. Um, didn't even get named um, 
in any chance of a sub role, even when Hawthorne, against Hawthorne when we had those five laid outs. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, that kind of seals his fate, doesn't it? And yeah. held form. So, yeah, watching him in the VFL, mate, he, he had this thumping kick, but it seemed that he was reluctant to use it at times. And mm. um, didn't have great game awareness, I'd say, from the games that I saw, at least. Yeah. Um, and I maybe they, that was spotted by the the club, but yeah, I always thought it was a strange selection because I remember the quote being said, you know, you don't select 25 year olds to develop them in the VFL. Yeah. Um, so I think at the time they must have just said, well, we'll play this guy from round one, basically. But um, I don't know, they must have, he must have stuck it up in the preseason, mate, because mm. um, he was never thought of and um, yeah, very quickly discounted. Um, you know, from senior selection. So it's a strange choice and I guess, uh, you know, it's one that we're all a bit baffled of uh, on the night and, um, yeah, it proved to be the case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, like, good on you, Garrett, for um, for giving it a crack and I suppose, you know, um, not taking no for an answer and, you know, pushing his case. I think that showed a lot of dedication. So, well done to him. Um, obviously, it's a it's a selection that, uh, yeah, will continue to be confused over. But that's not that's not his problem. Um, uh, and realistically, if it came off and he was this great player with a great leg, um, we would all be you know singing everyone's praises. So, yeah, sometimes you win some, you lose some. Um, but uh, yeah, it just didn't work out for Gary McDonough. So um, yeah, all the best for him and his in his future um, yeah, career. I'm sure we'll see him in EFL, VFL games, uh, no doubt. Yeah, well, that's our next uh, lot we got through, mate. Uh, Thirty six, and then next week we'll round off and finish the last players and in that next group. But um, yeah, apart from that, I guess uh, we we await eagerly. What will happen this year? Uh, like happened this week. Um, I don't think too much. I think yeah, there was hope at one stage that the coach would be named in grand final week. I don't think that will happen now. No. And um, yeah, so that betting suspension is still happening at sports bet mate. But um, Ladbrokes has still got it up, and they've had a dramatic change in the market where um, Adam Uze is still favourite at two dollars forty, but the one that's come in massively is uh, Don Pike. Mm. He's jumped in at three dollars fifty, mate, and uh, is ahead of James Hurd at three seventy five. Brad's got it five dollars, and a strange one, mate. Ken Hinkley at six dollars. So the market's really um, a bit strange, to be honest. But uh, yeah, Don Pike on the back of those comments. Um, yeah, whether it's uh, floated towards the betting markets that you know they've read into that at this stage, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, it's certainly uh, certainly interesting. I mean, obviously Adam Uze uh, remains out in front, um, but uh, yeah, that shortening of of uh, <clears throat> of stocks for others, um, yeah, certainly interesting. But again, it's all speculation. Um, yeah, I've never been a gambling man myself, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's all sort of Greek to me. Um, uh, actually, yeah, uh, I should go back a little bit, James. Um, 
uh, I, I forgot the Don's Cast Middleweights again for um, the Mac Welfy. Yeah, so you got racked out the 23 Don's Cast Middleweights uh, throughout the course of the season, uh, but the rest of them um, weren't. Um, yeah, weren't features. Uh, so yeah, that's all I've got to add there. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for listening again. Um, so next week's uh, pod will hopefully discuss with a bit more certainty, you know, what the uh, what it's looking like in terms of the coaching uh, prospect. Uh, you know, actually naming a coach. Um, hopefully, we start having a bit more surrounding of players being linked to us. And um, and lastly, um, we'll talk about obviously the girls as they take on the potters on Friday. So, till next week, go Bonds. Go Dons.